You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode number 92. Today, I'm talking with Adele Tucker, and Adele contacted me, I think through Instagram, or maybe it was an email. She's at university right now, and she wanted to contact me for her project that she's working on and ask a few questions. And I thought, you know what? I always say yes to these things because I think it's so important for me to help and share those that are learning and growing right now. But I also don't have much time. So I thought, why not get her on the podcast so she can ask me the questions so I can repurpose that hour and so I can share it with everybody here? Because I know there's going to be other people that's going to really benefit from the questions that she asks. And she was a great interviewer. So she actually, Adele jumped on. She interviewed me. It's a great episode. I can't wait for you to dive in and listen. And especially if you're just starting out as an entrepreneur and you're just finding your feet or if you're studying or doing any of those things, this episode is for you. So before we get started, the six-figure business map is open for enrollment today, as in this week, depending on when you're listening to it. But right now it's April 19th. And so it's all happening. I'm doing a workshop this morning to invite in all the new sailors. I can't wait to get started on this. It's going to be incredible. And then going forward, if you just go to my website, jialong.co, you can join the waitlist or that waitlist link now. You'll be able to buy and be able to get all the bonuses and the early bird special and all that kind of stuff. So I can't wait to be there and to invite you into the course. I also want to say before I get started that Mel, our new copywriter coach, has just joined us in the course full time to look after all the sailors and to be there for their success and help them get those unrealistic goals achieved. So, so excited that our team's growing. I'm able to bring more resources into the group and man, everybody in there's got an unfair advantage. They already did, but just keeps getting better and better. So if you're going to join us, I can't wait. Everybody else, that's totally fine. I'll see you next time. So let's get into the episode. Hey guys, we have Adele here. She's actually uh, interviewing me today, so something a little bit different. And um, not sure what we're talking about. A little bit nervous about it, but I'm excited to get into it. So, hey Adele, can you tell us a little bit about me? Oh, sorry, a little bit about you, and tell me uh, what we're going over today. Hi. Yes, of course. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here and to have this conversation with you. So my name's Adele Tucker. I am a wedding and portrait photographer in Buffalo, New York. I'm actually originally from England and I moved to America just over 10 years ago now. I started my photography business, Focus Photography by Adele, back in high school. It was always something that I was really passionate about and I felt very fortunate that I could get started on it at such a young age and find something that I love and I could do and make money on. So since the beginning, I felt really fortunate about that. And all through high school and college, I've been working on my business. Um, I studied marketing and entrepreneurship in college, and now I'm about to finish up my MBA in May. So that's why I'm actually interviewing you today for this project that I've been asked to do for university. Amazing. So are you going like, um, you're just finishing up study now and then you, you want to like follow your passion to become a creative entrepreneur. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So I actually started photography as more of something that I enjoyed doing. It was a nice way to make some extra money. 
Um, but as time went by, I found that I could really, you know, make a business out of this. And now I'm fully booked for the next year with over 30 weddings. And I'm just so excited to, you know, take this next transition. Congratulations. You should be so proud of yourself. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited. So what are we doing today? I have a long list of questions and topics that I love to ask you all about business, photography, how you run your business. So I'm really excited to ask you all of these. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Get straight into it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So starting out, I loved hearing all about how you got started with your wedding photography business on your podcast. And I think your story of traveling all over the US is so fascinating to me. And I'm sure most of your listeners here are aware of how you made your break into the photography industry. Um, But I was wondering, are there any stories or anything that you learned on this adventure that you haven't had an opportunity to share with us yet with your audience? I think there's probably a lot of things I haven't shared, to be honest. And I think, to be honest, like, yeah, like I think I haven't really shared how much you have to actually show up and work to get what you want. And I think sometimes we underestimate what we have to do. And I'm, and I'm only just realizing this now because, you know, people inside my, my course and stuff like that, they can be disheartened so quickly or they can feel like, you know, it's not going their way. I was actually talking to someone today that I'm helping with starting a business. And they said like, right now it's just hard. It's so hard. And I didn't realize this. Right. And maybe I just like understate a little bit of how hard I actually had to work to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I do that because I forget one thing, right. If someone says that I'm going after my dreams or I'm living my dream or I'm chasing my dreams, then I kind of disregard anything hard because I'm like, oh yeah, like you're going after your dreams. So of course you're going to do the shit stuff for five years. Of course you're going to go and do the jobs that you don't want to do. You're going to show up when you don't want to show up. Of course you're going to be waking up at 5am. Of course you're going to be doing late nights. Like, of course you're going to sell your stuff and travel. And of course you're going to move into a share house or, you know, you're going to do whatever it takes, right? And because when people are on that path, I'm like, I kind of dismiss the hard things because I always think it's a given. I'm like, that's what we're in. We're in that game where we're we're going after our dreams and our dreams are bigger and more worth than the small sacrifices we have to make on the way or the small speed humps that come, you know, on the road and, and things like that. So yeah, I think like because my dreams are so big, because I was so relentless going after it, I never shared the struggle because I only ever really thought and consumed myself in the positive things, like moving myself forward, because that's the only capacity that I had at that time, if that makes sense. So that's probably the one thing I haven't really shared enough of is just like, yeah, if someone could actually see what I was doing when I first started, if, if you know, when I hear people and they're, and they're complaining about the things they complain about, if people seen, and, and then they dismiss me of the success that I have, if they seen how I showed up, it would change their mind on even like maybe starting out in this industry or on so many different things, because, because you do have to go after it. And that, and that's just the truth. Right. Like if you want something good in this life, like I wouldn't let any small speed hump, any small setback, like stop you. I would just keep, you know, stacking that as fuel to your fire and keep going after it. Right. And I love that about you too. Your work ethic is just amazing. And it seems like you'll do anything to get what you want in this life, which is really amazing. And I think you kind of need that as an entrepreneur if you want to be successful. Um, So in addition to what we just talked about, I know you talked about meeting a lot of people in the US and introducing yourself to different businesses. 
So I'm wondering how you went about introducing yourself. Um, I'm sure that must have been a bit of a nerve-wracking experience, especially since you were so new to the industry. Yeah, it really was. And I was reaching way above my pay grade. Like I was reaching out to, you know, people that are on Instagram, they were already famous on Instagram. You know, back in those days, if you had 20,000 followers, you were famous basically, you know, back in 2013. And so, I, and I didn't have any followers. I, I only just started. So I was reaching out and um, I think I'm very confident in myself. So I know what I want and I know the volume of action I need to take. So that means like a lot of people will reach out to one person and then they'll be disheartened, but I'll reach out to 100 people to try and get five replies, right? So that's how I work. I'm right. like, man, I'm going to reach out to everyone, make sure everyone knows who I am, make sure everyone knows my story. Make sure I ask the question because it doesn't hurt to ask the question. And I know people get annoyed at me, but I'm also like, that's what it takes for me to get after like whatever I want. Like my dreams are, my dreams are more important than me being uncomfortable. And that's the truth of it. Like I'd rather be uncomfortable and happy than being comfortable and hating my life and trying to work out how can I make something happen. So yeah, I reached out to everyone on Instagram back then. There wasn't DMs. Like I literally would be commenting on people saying like, can we have a, can I get your email address? And I'll be finding their email addresses. And I was reaching out to blogs. I was reaching out to wedding vendors as in like venues and planners. I was reaching out to not even in the wedding industry. I was just reaching out to entrepreneur blogs. I was reaching out to articles and features and, and like trying to get myself everywhere until for that three months that I traveled to America, like I felt like I had so much work. I had so many connections and there wasn't one day that I wasn't busy because, because I just went after it that hard that when someone said, Hey Joe, we actually won't be able to make this work. I'm like, thank God, because I've actually overbooked myself. And I think that's where you need to be at if you want to actually go after it. (laughs) That's amazing. Would you say that's one of the big keys to your success too, just going out there and asking for opportunities? Look, it really is like people try and go around the bush with things and they're not direct of what they want. And I think for me, it's like, if I want to be featured in a magazine, I'll email the editors of the magazine and I'll tell them that I want to be featured. I'll ask them, what do I have to do to get to the front cover? Like, what what do I have to do to get featured? What are you looking for? What can I do for you? What can I curate for you? What can I write for you? What can I shoot for you? You know, so I'm so after like, I don't wait for any opportunities. They just don't come. Like people don't know me enough. I'm not famous enough. I'm not, I'm not special enough. My work's not good enough for people to be knocking down my door to try and get me onto their thing. So I know that I have to be the person. How can I solve people's problem? How can I knock down their doors? How can I get it? So they just to shut me up, they're gonna, they're gonna feature me just to get me out of their email, out of their inbox, out of their DMs. Like they're going to, they're gonna allow me to be on the front page or the front cover of that magazine, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. It makes a lot of sense. It's such a great (laughs) approach. And I'm sure there's like nobody out there that really is willing to do that. I mean, there's a few select people that really have the passion and drive and confidence to do that. So that's really going to make you stand out and it's going to make all the difference. It changes the game. And I think here's the number one thing. People don't take ownership and responsibility of their own life, their own dreams, you know, their ambitions and stuff. And when you put that into someone else's hands, as in like, hey, I want to be a, a published wedding photographer. So that's my dream. And then I'm like sitting there waiting for a, a magazine to contact me or I'm submitting one wedding and, and it doesn't happen. Like you're relying on someone else. You, you're being dependent, right? For your dream. But for me, it's like, no one's going to make my break. Like I have to be independent and I have to take charge and I have to, if I want to be published, like I'll 
put the words in their mouth. Like I'll make sure that right. like, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm in those magazines and I've been in all the magazines and it's because of that reason. So yeah, I think not enough people take responsibility and they put the blame onto other people or the, or onto other things, like things outside of their world. It's like, it's not the right time right now because, right. because of COVID or because of the president or because of they didn't like that wedding or whatever it is. But when you take responsibility of everything, then there's no one else to blame but yourself. And when you realize that, then you have to go out, like there's nothing else but to go out there and do it. That's so true too. And it seems like you've been so clear on your goals for your business from day one, which I think is huge too, to being successful. So the combination of having that drive and then knowing what you want, I think is so powerful. So I love to shift gears a little bit. And I know you're huge on customer experience and really connecting with your clients. Um, I love that you talk about that a lot and really, you know, making an effort to build a connection with them. Um, I'm curious, what specifically do you do to get to know your clients and make a special connection with them, whether that's before the wedding day, after the wedding day? Because I know it can be difficult to stay in touch, you know, after you just spent that amazing, most important day with them. How do you continue that after the wedding day? Hey, I think with client experience, we overthink it. And hey, look, my client experience is amazing because I remember my clients' names and because I email them and I remember what songs were on their slideshow and I remember what song they walked down the aisle to. Like, I think like some, sometimes it's the small details that make the huge difference and that makes you stand out above the rest. I know wedding photographers that absolutely don't care and everyone's just a number. It's like, I've got 30 weddings this year. And then I think like, their client experience, no matter how good they're systemizing their client experience and thinking about it, if your clients are just a number, another follower, another booking number, the experience is horrible from day one. And I think it comes down to everything in your business. Like a lot of us, we're so fixated on ourselves, our own business, our own ego. And you see this all the time, people saying like, I'd never give a discount to my clients. I'll never change my packages for them. I'll never do that and drive there and, and not charge for travel and things like that. And I think it's always about us, right? And I think as soon as you change the narrative and just make it about them and you make your business client-centric, I think your business blows up because it literally changes the game. They feel it. They know it. You're checking in on them. Hey, I'm busy, man. I'm so busy. I, like I remember I was shooting a wedding in Norway and it was amazing, beautiful wedding. And after um, I went and scouted the wedding, like the day before I went home and I just sat there on my emails. And I just emailed all my clients just to let them know. And I sent them a couple of pictures. Like I can't wait for your wedding that's coming up in Melbourne. And here's a couple of photos and this is where I am at. And this is how excited I am. But also I'm equally as excited about your wedding coming up and I'll personalize them in the email to all of them just to make sure that like, Hey, I'm still here. I'm still doing a thing. And I know you see me on Instagram and I know, you know that I'm busy, but I always have time for you and giving people that time. There's nothing more valuable. It's more valuable for me. My time is more valuable than money. Like it's so valuable. And the fact that I will give time, I don't cap how many times that we can meet up. If we can go for a beer, if we can catch up after the wedding, like whatever it is, man, I'll give you my time. And that's worth so much. So Another example, right? Like I have, I know people that will say like, I'll never take credit card payments because I, I get charged 1% and it's, it's crazy. And I'm like, man, if my clients want to pay me with credit cards, like I'll take money in any way possible. You send me Bitcoin, American Express, no worries. I'll take the fees. I don't mind because I'm making it easy for you. Like I'm client centric. So when you change the game like that, it's like, I don't care how much it costs me 
to get paid to take people's money because look, I'm thankful that I get paid. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a game changer. I'm thankful I get to work with you. I'm thankful that I'm just going to make this so easy for you that you're going to love the experience from the second that you pay me money all the way up to the very end. And, you know, we're talking years later. All right. So you'd say it's an overall mindset, not just a few different, you know, things you can do for your clients, like sending them gifts in the mail. Yeah. Just I mean, whole like, perspective. exactly. If someone's just sending cookies to their clients, I'm like, you've missed the mark. No <laughs> one wants cookies. Yeah. Like no one cares. So we think too much about like what the client experience is. And I think simplify business in 2021 is about people. The more that you make it about yeah. them, your experience is going to be far beyond everybody else. Oh, I love that so much. 100%. I'm really excited <laughs> to, as I start my business full time after college to really focus on that and, you know, creating those connections with your clients. Cause that's what photography is all about. You're getting yes. to spend the most important day of their life with them. So it's just an incredible job and can't take that for granted. Look, what you just said there is just so important because we always say like every wedding's different and it's so important to you, but then we treat photography like that. But then with business, we were like, oh, don't mix pleasure with business and don't do business with friends and don't give discounts and don't change your prices. And then we change our mindset around business and we make it so commercial and so horrible that it's like, Mm -hmm. what happened? You're a creative and you run photography from the heart, but why don't you run business from the heart? So I think there's like such a big disconnect and we forget that we can just run our business the same as we run photography. Every day is different. Business is always different. Every client's different. Every client experience should be different. And I think that's the mindset we need to go in with it. Love it. Yeah. I love your perspective on that. So moving on to scaling. So there are so many talented photographers out there. I think we both know that. But I was especially excited to talk to you today um, because of your unique entrepreneurial skills and your ability to scale your business beyond just photography. So I'd love to hear your advice on how to scale a photography business and create these multiple revenue streams. I mean, there's so much to be said about this. And this is a question no one's ever asked me. So that's really cool. I think business in 2021 needs to be less about our small little businesses, like our wedding photography businesses, and more about building a personal brand. And if you build a personal brand, it means you can you can reach out and you can start doing other things and people follow you for you, not for your photography. And I think it's such a big, such a big game changer. Because if if I'm just like free the bird photography and no one knows who I am, and then I started trying to do something else, people would absolutely reject it because they're like, that's not the, I'm just here for the photography, man, like nothing else. But when I'm Jai Long, I'm like, Hey, I'm a wedding photographer. Check this out. I shot a wedding on the weekend. Hey, I just, I launched a a vegan fashion label yesterday. Check it out. Like I just did this thing. Hey, I'm on a podcast today with Adele and we're doing a, we're doing a thing. Like check this out. You know, I'm putting this on YouTube. I'm a YouTuber now as of this week, like check it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think the more that we are more flexible with business, like just like I was saying before, like business is people more we're flexible with it and becoming the person of the business, I think the more that you can scale it and you can maneuver and adapt and pivot and and try different things and it doesn't actually um, lower the value of your brand. It actually heightens the value because now you're not seen as a pigeonholed person in the box. You're seen as someone that, like, like for me, for instance, like people are not ever surprised that I have a new business or a new project or I've just launched something. Like no one's ever surprised. Like Sometimes they're surprised about the context or something, but 
when I launched the Wedding Photography Summit last year. No, no one was like, that's a surprise, man. I can't believe you just did that. That's so left wing for you. Like everyone was like, oh yeah, I seen a Wedding Photography Summit that came up. And then when I seen that it was yours, I was like, that makes sense. Like, of course Jai did it mm-hmm. because that's what he does. And I think um, it means like people, I don't have to start from square one ever because people already trust the client experience that I keep the same experience in all my businesses and same kind of marketing, same kind of messaging. And I think people love that consistency. And then they, they instantly trust and connect with new businesses that I create. So I think that's a very important thing to think about when you starting your business for the long term of your business and business in 2021 is all about creating that personal brand. So you can connect deeper on a deeper level with your clients. All right. Absolutely. And that really allows you to shift and change direction. And that's really exciting that you can kind of use your personality to, you know, keep developing your businesses and coming up with new ideas. And I think that's what makes entrepreneurship so exciting. Absolutely. I love that. So there are so many different tasks that go into running a successful and sustainable business. And in regards to scaling and starting a team, um, how did you know who to hire first? And I didn't know. And I wasn't ready. Like the thing like that we get stuck in with our mindset is we always think we need to know who, we need to know what, we need to know how, but we don't. <laughs> like those things just come. So you're never ready to hire someone and you're never going to find the right person. Like you, you have, it's a volume game. You need to remember, like take responsibility. Like when you're hiring someone, it's up to you to be a good leader and if you're a good leader, you're going to attract the right people. So if you're putting out the right messaging, like for instance, like right now, imagine if I hired someone and you wanted to hire, like well, come and work for me. You already know what I'm about. You know my work ethic. You know, like you're like, I want to be part of that. And so now I'm attracting people to come work for me instead of me trying to go out and find people. So that's that's kind of like how I do it now. It's like I, I'm out there and I'm, and I'm attracting people that like the same things that I like and they've got the same work ethic. They're, they're relentless. They want to go after it and, you know, they want to live a purpose-driven life. And so they'll come to me. So I think we get too caught up on like thinking right now, is like when's the perfect time? Who's the perfect person? I don't want to make a mistake. Hey, but man, get those mistakes out of the way. Hire someone and make mm-hmm. a mistake. Like that's the important thing. And like most wedding photographers, I'd say 95% of wedding photographers never get past a certain threshold, maybe six figures and a little bit more. They never grow a big business. They never get out of the grind because they never find that they're ready to hire someone, right? But what happens is like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's like, you need to hire someone so your business grows so you can pay them. And if you don't do that, you'll never be able to pay them because you don't make enough money right now to have wages for four people. Like as much money as we make, we always spend. It's the truth of that. Otherwise everyone would be rich, wouldn't they? So if you want to scale and if you actually want to grow like a bigger business, you have to go all in. Like you have to start investing back in. You have to stop being self-absorbed, thinking you're the best of everything, thinking you're the only one that can do it, thinking, you know, you need to make more money. You need to hustle harder, like all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, man, you need to grow a team around you. Start sharing the wealth, start sharing the knowledge and empowering people, leading people. And I think from there, like, you're going to make a lot of mistakes on the way. Don't forget that. But you're going to find the team and you're going to find yourself in a place in a couple of years where you're like, man, I'm so glad that I took a chance on myself. I went all in. I wasn't trying to save for a rainy day. Um, I made new money with the new people and I've got a team now and we do it together. 
I love that too. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I think beginning out as a photographer can be so scary investing into your business. And when I first started, I was so nervous to spend money on things like workshops and equipment and things like that. And you know, outsourcing editing. But once you make that jump and just do it, it's amazing what results you can get. And um, I think it's just really, really important to invest, which leads into my next question. Uh, What is the best investment that you ever made as a wedding photographer and as an entrepreneur? I'd love to hear both answers for that. I'm very biased on this one, but it's definitely a business coach (laughs) and it's definitely courses, like 100%, 100%. Like I read books all day long. Like I, I read like probably two books a week. So it's not oh, like wow. I'm the type of person Amazing. that, yeah, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, you know, books are cheap education. I'm just going to do that. But I know when I get stuck somewhere and I need someone to help me break my limiting belief, for instance, like someone listening now and they're like, Jai just helped me break my limiting belief because I thought I needed to be ready. But Jai just told me I don't need to be ready. And imagine if you had someone that was looking at your business and actually told you like, hey, this is where you're holding yourself back and here and here and here. And when I hired my first business coach, my business changed from like low six figures to a million dollars within six months because, and it wasn't just him. It definitely wasn't him, not even at all, like because I did the work, right? And I was the one that showed up. So it wasn't him, but it was the support that I needed. It was a couple of, couple of little things that I needed that I knew I was leaving six figures on the table. I just didn't know where, and I needed a fresh perspective. Now I talk about this like you know, imagine Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali or something, you know, they're big time boxers. Like they don't just go out there and box and they're on their own. They have a coach in their corner and their coach is the one that says like, hey, you missed that and you're missing this and you could win if you did this. And I've already researched what the other player is doing and, I've, and I'm looking ahead and I'm looking at the career and I'm looking at the sponsors, I'm looking at the opportunities and I'm looking at what you're missing. And that means that boxer can get out there and just train. And as a wedding photographer, like that analogy works for us. It's like, that means I can get out there and just start shooting. Most people say like, I wish I could just shoot all the time. I hate that I have to do admin and stuff. Like, man, I don't do admin. Like go out there and shoot all the time. Stop being stingy and invest in getting a coach, invest in a course, invest in to learn the things because you're blaming something else. Like you're blaming, like you, you don't have the knowledge to run a business around your life and you're blaming the knowledge gap instead of actually being proactive and going out there and, and doing it. Because if you knocked on my door, I'd be able to tell you exactly how to do it. You know, there's so many right. coaches out there that would be able to show you the way. Like it, it just blows my mind that people wouldn't invest in that and then they're always playing that blame game. But look, you can, yeah. you can go out there and shoot all day long if that's what you want to do and get someone in your corner that's going to help you. You can get a VA that's going to help you with all those tasks that you don't want to do as well. You can get an editor, you can get a team behind you, you can get someone helping you with Instagram, you can get so many people. And if you're willing to do that, you probably could shoot more weddings, which means you'll be able to afford more people, which means you'll still make a big income, big impact, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's all I got to say on that one. <laughs> okay. So I, I've always wanted to hire a business coach or find some kind of mentor to help me with my business too. But it's a little bit overwhelming because I feel like there are a lot of people out there. But how would you recommend that a photographer or just a business owner in general goes about, goes and finds the perfect person for them to kind of coach them and help them reach the next level? I think two things. I think um, there's some wedding photographers that say like, hey, I'm, 
I don't like it when people ask me for a discount. I've got to educate people my worth of why I'm $5,000 for one day sort of thing. Then when it comes to a business coach, people don't want to spend $2,000 for a year's worth of business coaching. And they're like, oh no, like I want a discount or it's not worth it. And like, it blows my mind that people will dollar and dime something that's that important to them. When like, like yourself, you go to university, I don't know how much that costs, but it costs a lot of money. Right. (laughs) And I think like, it, it blows my mind that they have that mindset, which means they're not ready to start off with. Because if, if you're thinking like that, like for me, it does come down to price. I make sure I don't sign up to anything cheap. Absolutely. So my business coach was, I think $20,000 for just a couple of weeks for me to like chat with this guy. I didn't even do anything for me, like no strategies or anything. There was no course. It was just like, you know, having conversations like this and, um, best money I've ever spent. And, and I think so many people hold themselves back because, they don't want to make the wrong choice and, and they're trying to go cheap or they're going, trying to go free and they're signing up to all this free stuff or they're trying to go on a YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff. And man, like what a waste of time and energy when you could be just going straight for it. And that's my, that's my personal opinion. And the other thing is, yes, it's oversaturated. There's so many coaches, but look, same as wedding photography. There's only one for you, right? And that right. person, like if they're showing up and serving you and they're giving, they've already given you something that's changed the game for you, then that's the person you should be giving money to. Because there's so many like coaches out there that are like, oh, I'm never going to give any value to anyone until they pay top premium dollars. And then they find out afterwards that it was like, oh, it was a ripoff and I shouldn't have spent that money. But the way I look at it, man, like I give money to the people that give value to me. And if they're giving value to me, I'm like, I know they're going to give me more value and I want more of it. I want, I want customized value. I want more of their time. So that's why I pay them. Not for the secrets. They can give secrets out all day long for free because I know that I resonate with their thought pattern and I, and I want to tap into it. I want to be in the same room. I want that access, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does so much. I think there's nothing more valuable than that and surrounding yourself with people who you look up to and having those conversations that push you outside of your comfort zone. That's what's going to help you get to the next step. So I couldn't agree with you more on that. Like if you're in a room with me, you're in the room with all my friends as well. And you got like, there's such a, and and the same as me, when I'm in a room with the guys that I'm hiring, I'm in the room with these people that are like absolute thought leaders. They make hundreds of millions of dollars. Like they do all these things. And I'm like, I'm in this room now. I I never thought I could get in this room. You know what I mean? Like I've I've got access to you. Yeah. It's incredible. Like I'll pay more money. Like take my money, take my credit card. Like, you know, just. (laughs) Just drain the money out because me doing that means I'm going to show up even harder and I'm going to make more money and you're helping me make oh, more money. So it's so important. Definitely pushes you, pushes you past your comfort zone. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. So as a business owner, I think one of the best ways to learn and to really grow your business is just to get started and learn along the way from all your journey and your mistakes. So I have a question for you. If you could travel back in time and you had the chance to start your career completely over again. Could you give me an example of something that you would do differently? I wouldn't do anything different. I've been on this path since I was, you know, my first business was when I was 20 years old. I was bankrupt by the time I was 21. It was the best thing I ever did. You know, I worked so hard, so relentless when I first started my wedding photography business, like late nights, traveling around, working for free, doing everything everywhere. I wouldn't take that back. Like every single thing that I've done, every mistake has built me to where I am now. And I think like I've actually thought about this. And I'm like, if I went back 10 years, what would I tell myself? I'm like, man, there is nothing. Like I wouldn't even tell myself the lotto numbers, you know? I wouldn't even tell myself to buy Bitcoin <laughs> because I'm like, the reason why I'm so resilient, the reason why I'm the person I am today, the reason why even people seek me out to listen to the messages that I have is because because I've gone through it. I've failed and right. I've succeeded right. and I push and I've overcome adversity and I do these things 
and I get stronger, I get more relentless and I love it. And, and it's never been the destination because if I went back and I told myself the secrets to success and then all of a sudden I was successful, I'm at the destination. Then And then what is there? Right. Then I'm like, man, new problems. I, I don't know what that is. And um, for me, like I have no regrets. I know that I've worked every day I wake up and I make sure that I'm always putting in 110% effort I'm making sure that I never go to bed without like knowing in my heart that I did everything that I could to go towards my dreams. And because I I work like that every day until t- like all the way up to today, you know, today is the same thing. And I woke up six o'clock in the morning and I recorded a clubhouse. I just recorded a podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking, we're doing a podcast. I'm about to do a, like a video. Like at the end of each day, I'm like, I did it, man. You, you did it. You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even read a book anymore because you're so tired. And because of that reason, like, yeah, there's no regrets. And I think like anyone out there that thinks they're on the wrong path and they want the secrets to getting success faster, I'm like, man, put yourself in the way to to lose it all faster. Like take those risks so you learn, like the more that you fail, the more that you learn and you need to do it early on. Like the earlier on you take those bigger risks and go all in, it means like the longer and prolonged success you're going to have because once you make that mistake, you don't make it again. And, and grow so much more resilient. And for me now, like, because I have worked out, there is recipes to success and I've, and I've, and I've worked it out. I can replicate it. And it took me a long time to work that out. But now that I've got it, I'm like, I'm still working. I'm still, I still fail. I'll still make sure I fail every day. I've got to make sure I'm pushing myself hard enough to fail. And when I fail, I'm like, you did it. You hit that threshold. Let's start again tomorrow. (laughs) Absolutely. That's such an amazing mindset to, to have, you know, see those challenges as, something that you can grow from. And I think that's why so many people are able to connect with you and they really, you know, like following your story because you're so authentic and you share what you've been through and what you had to do to get there. And I think people see that as, you know, really amazing and that they can do it too. Like if you were able to get past those challenges, they can too. And I think that's what what makes it so powerful. So I think we both know how exciting entrepreneurship can be and it's just such a great thing to do. Um, but obviously it can present a wide array of challenges. So when you encounter these obstacles as a business owner, what do you do to stay focused and keep moving towards your big goals? I rewrite down my goals and I reassess. And as soon as I do that, I look at my goal and then I look at the problem in front of me and then I work out which one's more important. And when the goal's more important, it makes me forget about that small goal. And then another thing I think about, like if there's a roadblock, I think about, will I remember this roadblock in 12 months or in six months or in one month or one week or tomorrow? And if I won't, I don't worry about it. Like as simple as that, I just, I let it go or I delegate it or like, I just get through it. Like it's, it's just not, it's, it's not something that like holds me back. So I, I like, trust me, I, I come into problems all the time. Like yesterday was a hard day for me. There was big problems, you know, in my business. And um, like, I, I think about that. I'm like, okay, write down my goals, reassess, like what does success mean to me? How much am I ready to go after it? What what does this tension do for me? And I realized like it just adds fuel to my fire. It doesn't get me away from my goal. I'm going to keep pushing towards my goal in 12 months. I won't even remember this. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's great. Such a great mindset. How often do you, you said you write down your goals every day, every right, day, to keep them fresh in your mind. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, a great way to start your day. Exactly. Like I wake up and I'll, and I'll write my goals. Um, it's either in my notebook next to my computer. I mean my bed or like when I'm going for a walk in the morning, I go for a walk every single morning and I just write it down on my notes and writing those goals. Like 
it just like straight away, you know, whatever the day I've got going on and small trivial things, it could be little problems or employees not showing up or something. And I write down those goals and I'm like, okay, what do I have to do right now to make that happen? Okay. Let's reassess, let's rejungle the calendar because that doesn't get me close to the goal and this gets me much closer. So let's swap that job for this job. And when I do that, it's a game changer because every day I refocus and then I can double down on what gets me closer to that goal and it keeps me motivated. Yeah, because I feel like so many people write down their goals, you know, in the beginning of the year and then a few months in, they forget what they are. So are those exactly. goals that you're writing down, like, are they big goals? Are they smaller things that you're going to achieve in a few days? Is it things that you're going to achieve long-term? It's always big goals. What kind of goals are you writing down? Yeah, it's, it's always big goals. And it's usually like the yearly goals. I don't think too hard and too far, but I just always have unrealistic right. goals. Like it'd be something like, um, I've got a wedding photography summit coming up in May and my unrealistic goal right now is to have 16,000 people come to it, which might oh, not wow. sound like a lot, but that's to me, like that is crazy amounts of hustle to get 16,000 wedding photographers to pay for a ticket. And when I write that goal back down, I'm like, oh my God, man, I've only got like a few more weeks to go until that happens. So I need to, I, I need to reassess what I'm doing today because what I'm doing today is not going to get me an extra thousand people. So that's how I think. And then I can double down and I'll make sure I'm on track all the time. And then I have the best chance to, to get 16,000 people to my wedding photography summit. And who knows? It might be a big flop. And I tell people, I make sure I tell everyone to keep me accountable, but I tell people because it inspires people too. It's like, man, if Jai can do that, like surely I can do a workshop myself or surely I can do my thing, whatever it is, you know? So yeah, I like to inspire people by like spreading the goals and um, and getting right. people involved. Like why not, you know? Yeah, I love that. Just like saying the goals out loud makes them so much more real too. Yeah. You, it holds you accountable. So and I trust me, idea. I get scared, man. Yeah. I get scared. Like I, I listen to myself <laughs> saying that and I'm like, oh my God, don't say it, Jai. Just don't even <laughs> say it. You're going to cringe when only 2,000 people show up and you're listening to this, you know, like just don't do it. But but it's important for me because I want to fail as well. Like if I hit 16,000, I'm disappointed in myself because that goal wasn't big enough. So that's right. that's just the reality of it. Oh, <laughs> you're inspiring me so much right now. I can't wait to go and write down my goals after this. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay, so let's switch over to a topic that I always love talking about. So marketing and social media and connecting with your ideal clients. Um, I'm wondering what have you found is the most effective way to connect with your clients, to market your photography business? Being yourself, like 100%. If it's so hard to show up every day as someone else or as the person that's perfectly polished with makeup on and perfectly everything, everything's, you know, no hair out of place. And I think the second that you let go of that, your business will blow up because people want human connection. Like people love it. And and social aspect of social media is like too many people on the media and less people on social. And I think we need to change our mindset to think about social and we need to be friends with people. So I think if you start using social media like that, you know, because you're the only critique really, like no one's going on your Instagram right now going like, oh man, her feed is not curated enough. Like no one, I can almost guarantee, like right. I bet you, you don't do it to anyone and no one does it. Although you do it and you probably do it all the mm -hmm. time. Like look at your own feed, that color doesn't work. I shouldn't have done a black and white. There should be a video. And like, man, it's just anxiety. And we don't, we don't make an impact. We don't get new clients. We, we don't serve the people that actually follow us. And I think it's a crying shame. And, and I think people overcomplicating marketing. Marketing is having a voice that's not boring, a voice that's worth listening to, 
and then putting it out there unapologetically and then allowing your perfect clients to be attracted by that, to connect with you, to know your inside jokes, to also be fed up with curated feeds, like all those type of things, like whatever your thing is. And then from there, like stop trying to get new clients all the time and actually working on the people that, you know, that follow you, like working on your inner circle. Because too often, and I talked about this this morning on Clubhouse, like we're trying to write captions to to capture new people and the new hashtags to capture new people. And we put so much energy into trying to capture new people and we forget to serve the people that love what we do. We forget to actually show up for them and to create more content for them. What's, instead of thinking about your new captions and then and researching that, like what is something you can post right now that brings value to people that actually follow you and then watch those people repost and reshare that value because they love it and that's why they follow you and then you get more followers. You're going to get so many more followers doing that than you trying to go out there and working out the new hashtags to try and get new people in. Does that make sense? So yeah, be, being that authentically so yourself, man, it makes it so easy to show up on, on social media. Yeah, I love that. And I think there's really been a shift on social media lately. I've seen a lot of people go away from having that perfectly curated Instagram feed to just showing up on their stories and saying, hi, like, oh, I'm going out for a walk with my dog and this is what I'm up to today. And I'd love to talk to you, like ask me a question. I think there's so much value in that. And <laughs> I gotta, ever since I've I've gotta say, like, that, so, yeah. fuck everybody out there that's got your curated fees. I've got to say that you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> I hate it. I hate you. I don't hate you. Like, trust me. But look, the thing is like, I know you've got a curated feed because um, legacy educators have told you of big following and you've seen the big Instagrammers and, and the big photographers do it. And we believe we need to follow in their footsteps to get the success that they have. But if you want the success that they don't even have, you need to show up as yourself. You've got to get rid of that anxiety. You've got to start posting for you and connect with your clients. Like it's, it's the only way, seriously. But hey, if you're the person that loves curated feeds and that's what you do and that's your life, like respect to you because I'm just saying this because I can't do it. Okay. That's, that's the reason. <laughs> it takes so much time. <laughs> no, it's, it's great though. I do love connecting with people on Instagram. And ever since I have personally changed my mindset to just getting on there and connecting with people, my following has gone up and just, I just enjoy Instagram more and social media in general. Oh man. How, how easy is life when you're enjoying life? Like that's the thing. Right. Right. And then business so becomes easy and you're happy and you're positive and then you're attracting the right people because people want people are always attracted to your attitude. And if you're showing up like, hey, I've got anxiety and I hate, like I've posted once this month because it's got to be perfect. Like people are not attracted to that. But if you're, if you're literally just going like, here's my cat, love my cat, I love my cat, yeah. <laughs> I love you guys, talk to you soon. Like people are going to be like, I love this person. Like this is cool, right. I love cats. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, so bad analogy of course, but... But you with sure. that attitude, man, it's, it's going to go a long way. Yeah, I love it. So I'm actually currently in the process of rebranding my photography business. I finally took the jump, invested in a brand designer because I've had the same business name since I was 15 years old. And I just quickly picked something, had no idea what my target client was. But one thing that I really loved about your um, company and when I was first researching you was um, your brand, Free the Bird. I just was so attracted to it. It's so visually appealing. And ever since I heard the words Free the Bird, it's been stuck in my brain. Um, it's so memorable. So I would love you to tell me a little bit more about the meaning behind the brand and how it's really helped your business to grow. 
Yeah, um, it helped my business really blow up. And I want to tell, I want to dive into the science of this. So when I first started, right, my name is Jai Long and no one remembers my name. People can't pronounce it. And so that was problem number one. If people can't pronounce your name and it's unmemorable, it's a bad business name. Like just, it, it, let's just mm-hmm. speak some truth here. <laughs> and I realized this early on because there was this, there was this trend that was happening when I first started that to be successful, you have to name your business after your name. That was what it was. Every, all the educators were telling me. And when I heard the educators tell me that and give me that advice, I did the opposite because I knew what the new trend was and I knew I wanted to change and just so I could stand out. Now, I remember my... That's amazing. Um, yeah, I remember the first like photography meetup that I went to and there was like 20 photographers. Everyone, this is back in 2013. So everyone's like handing out cards, right? Like business cards. And then when it got to me, they're like, oh, what's your business card? And I'm like, oh, I don't have one. And they're like, what's your business name? I was like, oh, I'm called Free the Bird. That's my business. And everyone in that room was like, oh, I, I know you actually. I've, I've seen you on Instagram and I follow you. And this is when I first started out. And everyone at the end of that day could not remember, not one other person in that circle mm-hmm. except Free the Bird, right? And that's why it blew up because people believed that they heard of me before because they could have, because it was in their memory. And then so I was bigger than what I was. Now, the way that words work and names work is um, people associate a name. To remember something, people associate a word with an object. So for instance, like your name is Adele. And so I know who you are. But as soon as I said Adele, I grew up with someone named Adele at school. And I, I pictured her face straight mm-hmm. away. And then I remember you. And now I'm like, okay, so you're Adele. But we have to peg it onto something, something somewhere. And so with Free the Bird, people literally go like, whoa, what does that mean? Like, is that someone giving someone a finger? Is that like a bird in a cage? Is that like, you know, yeah. what, like what's the meaning behind that? And because they imagine it and it goes into their imagination, it gets stored into the back of their mind. So they forget it, right? But when someone right. says it again, have you heard of Free the Bird? Because it's in the back of their minds, it brings back that same vision and then instantly, they can't remember the name, but they go, I've heard of that before. Yes, I do know it. So it it stores it in their memory. Mm -hmm. So really important because sometimes we try and get too clever and we try and think of like crazy names that people can't pronounce or spell and or Google. And it's really hard in business. Like it's, (laughs) it's, it's just like makes your business really hard. And my name, like I grew up having a hard name. Like my full name is Jyandra and growing up in school, trying to explain to people why my name is that and how my parents were hippies and, you know, and why my last name's long and um, <laughs> like all this stuff. Like it's, it's been a hard thing for my life. And I realized like, I don't want my business to be hard. I want it to make it so easy for people and they don't feel bad that they can't right. pronounce my name and they remember it. So that is the number one reason why I named it Free the Bird. And the second reason was because I was a tradesman at the time and I was working in the mines and I didn't want people, I didn't want all my big manly tradie friends to know that I was an artist and I shot photos on weekends <laughs> because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. And then I named it Free the Bird to keep myself a secret. And it wasn't until, you know, I worked past that years later that I was like, you know what? i got to stop hiding behind this name because I'm so proud of what I do. And I literally don't care what people think. So that was my own journey. And then I was able to step out and then call myself Jai Long because I got to a point where I was like, I, you know what? People are going to remember my name because I'm going to make them remember my name. Like I'm going to be everywhere, always relentless. So even if they don't want to know who I am, mm-hmm. they're going to know who I am. And that was my thought process behind going the hard route of like having my business called Jai Long and making people know who I am. <laughs> That's such an incredible story too. Like behind something so simple, it's just a brand name, but there's so much meaning behind it. And I can tell you it's one of the most memorable 
photography business names that I've ever seen. And I know a lot of photographers. And I agree with you that it can be difficult to remember and differentiate between these different photographers that have just used their name. So I completely agree with you on that. And I think that you've done an excellent job of really developing your brand. And now I love that you use your Thank name. You. I think Thank that's you very much. amazing. <laughs> of course, of course. So I'd love to shift gears again. I know we're going all over the place today, but I have so many questions that I'm excited to ask you. So I know a lot of photographers, including myself, have the desire to combine their passion of photography with travel. So looking at your portfolio, you've had some amazing opportunities to do this. And one of my big questions that I wanted to ask you today was, what is the best way to get started with these destination weddings and elopements? Pretty hard now with COVID, got to say, but um, (laughs) it's like, hey, whatever you're trying to attract into your business, there's like, you got to think about your messaging. Your messaging has got to be really important and you've got to be relentless with your messaging. Like people got to understand, like, you know, you jumped on here and straight away you said like, Jai, talk about goal setting. Like I know you think big and I have unrealistic goals, right? And you know my messaging before you even talk to me because I didn't post it once. I post it every single day. I talk about it on my podcast. I talk about it in Clubhouse. Um, it's on YouTube. Like it's in my course. Like it's everywhere. Every You talk to me and this is what I'm talking about. And so it's my messaging. And so people that are really, really successful with destination weddings, it's their messaging. They talk about like, hey, I travel here. Hey, I've got a passport. Hey, I'll make it easy. Hey, I can drive on both sides of the road. Hey, I can speak different languages because I have Google Translate. Like, hey, I can make this happen. And it's so easy. Hey, I love traveling. Hey, I love the beach and I love mountains and I love elopements. I love, you know, when they show up and they're just like not posting once saying, hey, I can travel now or hey, I'm a destination wedding photographer. Don't forget, like people won't remember. And you need for a long time, for years almost, you need to start showing people how easy it is to book you, how it's more affordable than they think, how you're capable because people don't know that you have a passport. People don't know you got a license. People don't know that you're capable booking your own tickets, like making it easy for them. Because if someone's organizing a destination wedding, it's it's flipping hard, man. And no couples want extra pain mm-hmm. on yep. <laughs> organizing an extra photographer from another country or from another place and think about their hire cars, their itinerary, their hotel, their language barrier, like their license, their passport, their visa. Like they don't want to think about that. So the more that you just like go relentless with your messaging, make sure that everyone knows your messaging. Like you need to be known as like, you can be like, I'm a New York photographer and I and I travel all the time and I do destinations. So you can like have both, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm only doing destinations. It can be like, you know, you're doing a post, like I'm, I love all the venues in New York. It actually reminds me of when I was in London last because of this reason. And I can't wait until this opens because I'm going to go traveling right. and I'm going to be shooting your wedding. Like if you don't even know it yet, like make sure that you remember my name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, right. So just really educating your followers and your audience about that you offer that and, you know, going into detail about what you can provide for your clients. If I don't go on your last post and if I don't see that you do it and if it's not in your bio and if it's not on your website and it's not on your homepage and it's not in the footer of your emails, like I don't know about it. And you, I think, I think people underestimate what they think people know about them. Like people don't know anything about me, you know, even to this day, like I'll, I'll go on here. I'm like, hey guys, so I've got this course called the Six Figure Business Map. And so many of my listeners are like, oh, do you? Like if I talk to them, they're like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, man, I literally talk about it every day, but they still don't know. And that just proves to me, I'm like, I need to start talking about it 10 times a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, people, yeah, like to get the messaging does. across, like you need, you need everyone to know about it. 
Yeah, it's so simple too. It makes a lot of sense. And I guess you just got to keep pushing it and just educate people. I mean, everybody has so much going on in their lives that you have yes. to make it easy. Make for it them. easy. So that's some really, really, really great advice. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So um, I was actually listening to one of your clubhouse rooms yesterday. I have been loved listening to these, by the way. I've been trying to them every day. Um, and you were talking about motivation. And I heard you say that a co-working membership was one of the first things that you ever invested in, even when you couldn't afford it. <laughs> so this made me so excited and really, really happy to hear because one of my big goals as a photographer is to help my local community by launching a shared co-working space and photo studio in Buffalo um, called the Photography Innovation Center. So I'm really excited about this idea because I noticed it's something that's missing from my community. So I'd really love to hear you talk a little bit about co-working. Uh, what are some of the valuable features in a co-working space to you as a photographer and to you as an entrepreneur? I'd just love to dive into this a little bit. There's so many people trying to save money by like working from home in their lounge room. They don't go to cafes. They make breakfasts in their kitchen. And like, there's no opportunities in your kitchen. There's no opportunities in your lounge room. There's no money in your lounge room. There's no networking. There's no, there's no nothing. You already know what's going to happen in your lounge room. You're going to wear pajamas. You're going to edit some photos and nothing's going to happen. No growth. Right. And I think like with co-working spaces, it's so important to not just join a co-working space with just other wedding photographers, because you're going to start like listening to them, using their messaging, competing, comparing. And I think that can be toxic as well. And you need to broaden your horizon. Like the more people that you've got surrounding yourself that are doing incredible things in different markets, the more you're going to learn different marketing. You're going to network with different people. You're going to expand your inner circle, which means you're expanding. Your network is your net worth. So you're expanding your network, which means you're going to make a lot more money because the first thing, like I could not afford a co-working space. But when I joined that co-working space, I actually booked two weddings in the first six months. And back then I didn't charge much. Maybe it was like $2,000 or $3,000 a wedding, but that was $6,000. And that was more than my year's worth of rent. And all I had to do is do two weeks worth of work to make that happen. And to me, I was like, that's amazing. And then from there, I still book weddings from the connections that I made in each co-working space that I've been in. And so it's incredible. One thing I've got to say is like, you want to vet the space when you're going into a space. I make sure that I'm not the most successful. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the brightest. I'm not the most energy. I'm not the most achieved or anything like that. I make sure that I'm in a room where I get to grow and I'm and I'm not just like giving out information all the time and people are just learning from me because I need to fill my cup as well. And so what I've done as I grow um, and to keep myself uncomfortable every 12 months, I leave my co-working space and my comfortable space where I meet everyone and I move into a new one. And so I keep doing that. So then that way I'm like super uncomfortable and yes, I'm leaving my friends behind and that sucks, but there's no, no more connections. There's no more money. There's no more anything in being comfortable. And I know I need to be uncomfortable again as soon as I get comfortable. And then I'm making new friends. I'm making new conversations. I'm my expanding my inner circle. I'm expanding my network, which means I'm rising my net worth and And I think that's really important because, yeah, the more that we surround ourselves with people that are chasing dreams and doing the things that we want to do, the more that we're going to be able to go after it relentlessly like we want to and we're going to be able to get the success that other people don't have. So all I can say to all the listeners out there, get out of your lounge room, go down to a cafe, go and work somewhere, you know, go and make something happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's so powerful just to surround yourself with other people. 
And honestly, that's one of the big reasons that I have stayed in school and college, even though I probably could have dropped out and just done my business full time right away. I just love being surrounded by other people that are really working hard. And I've joined a lot of organizations within my college that have helped me to push myself and go to conferences and present. And can, can I even just stop you on that one? Because yeah. like, I don't think anyone ever talks about this, but my, my honest belief is I didn't go to college. I didn't do any of that. But my honest belief is like people think education equals intelligence, which it doesn't like we know this. But the benefit of your degree and what you're doing right now is the connections. Like it's making friends. Like when people say like, you should be at home doing your homework so you pass the grades. It's like, fuck the grades, go to the party because that's where life happens, right? (laughs) Like go and do the things, like go and meet those people, push yourself, like start a podcast with your friends, like start a co-working space with them. Like you are on the right path because you're seeing it for what it is. It's not... It's not the education that you're learning. It's the people that you're surrounding yourself with that are going to take you to another level. They're going to inspire you. It's the lifelong friends and you're expanding your network. And it's so important. Absolutely. And just even connecting with professors and educators and, you know, sharing your goals as a business owner. And I think it really makes you stand out and, you know, from all the people that are just there to get the grades and to get your degree, it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. I mean, you have the piece of paper that shows that you've passed, but I think it's so much more important to make those connections with the students it and is, the professors. It it's it's funny, like I, um, my employee, my full-time employee, when he first started, he was studying media at university and he had like three months to go. And, um, and I was getting really busy. And I was like, man, like just finish and then come. And he's like, that's the craziest thing. Like imagine doing all that uni and not getting a degree. And I'm like, you got connections, like you got what you needed. And I guarantee like he ended up going and getting that degree, but he will never get that piece of paper out of his drawer. There's no reason for it. It's not going to help him in his success. He won't make no. extra money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's literally nothing to that credentials as a creative, because that's what he was learning. He learned everything on the job and he kind of missed the point of what university was about. It's like, stay in touch with those connections. Like see what everyone's doing right now. Like have a meetup, you know, join co-working spaces, like do those things. Yes, definitely. So I just have one final question because I know it's been almost an hour and I appreciate your time today. So if you could offer one piece of advice to college or high school students who really want to become full-time wedding photographers, you know, they're about to make this jump into full-time wedding photography. What would that piece of advice be? I would say like, look look at someone that's doing what you want in life and consume their content. Absolutely like, you know, swim in it. Absolutely swim in it. Listen to their podcasts, watch their YouTube, like do, do whatever. Listen to the people, listen to the people in your life that have hit the goals that you want and that are doing the things that you want. It's the quickest way. If you learn from people that haven't hit those goals, they're only going to teach you what not to do. Like the people that have only made the mistakes will teach you what not to do. The people that have got the success will teach you what to do. And there's a big difference. It might not sound like much, but it's a huge difference because people that have never hit the goals always say like, oh, what you don't do is post twice a day on Instagram because of this reason. And, and you don't go full time until you got a safety backup plan. And and you don't do this. Like this is the biggest mistake that I made. And, and so they tell you the biggest mistakes they've made, but they're not going to tell you what you need to do. Now, success takes so much energy, so much effort, so much work, you know, so much positivity. It takes so much to get through it all that you can only have a certain amount of capacity each day and you need to fill it up with what actually works. Instead of what concentrating on and what most of us concentrate on, like what if it doesn't work out or this advice from this person, you need to change that and you need to absolutely just like fill up the capacity of just actually what works and what is the 
the people that have done the things in your life that you want and aspire to, like listen to them because they're telling you what works. They're not telling you what mistakes they made because fuck the mistakes. You don't have enough time and you're going to make your own mistakes. Wow. <laughs> That's such a great final thing to end on too. I just feel so inspired and excited right now. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate all of this advice and valuable information that you've given to me today. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for um, interviewing me and showing up. And I hope this helps you with your uni project. And um, I can't wait to see you grow. I can't wait to, I know you're going to be doing a lot of things. You're very young and you're going for it right now. Um, You're doing all the right things. So yeah, I was going to say best of luck, but there is no luck. You know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you.